Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Season 3 of the Adela Marcy Unplugged Show. I'm your host with the most, Adela Marcy, as always. And today we're sponsored by AdelaMarcy.com, StorySoundBlueprint.com, and UnoBoy.com. That's U-N-O-B-O-Y.com. The place where you need to go to understand how to hack, it, hack e-commerce, and more importantly, get your whole handle on this online game that we usually play. And as you can hear as well, Chase is joining us as well, and so is our guest today. Chris, you there? I'm here. It's cool to talk, man. Finally, man. It's been a while. We've been trying to arrange this for some time now. That's true. So I have I have a question. Go on, then. So either your, tra- your, your, tra- your cat is trained, or you just have a recording, and I have to know which is it. Oh, he's trained. He, he's he's a, trained, so you, <laughs> he just, so he on just on muse command. on command. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's his thing. He just looks at me like uh, it because he's not a neutered Bengal. He's like a thoroughbred <laughs> like wildcat. He just literally just he, he has so much attitude. Like you can tell him, dude, shut up, and he'll just meow at you and be like, no. When's <laughs> now that? I'm starting. Now I'm starting to feel like you're putting all of us on your audience and everyone and that you don't even own a cat but you have this this recording where you just press play and say oh our cat my cat chase is joining us today oh i wish that was the case but no he's been on a couple of shows um there's gonna be a couple of photos of him going live soon because yeah i want to see a photo because i don't believe that he exists all right hold on Uh, so no one at home is really gonna see this because i'm going on webcam and again this is an audio only show but hold on one second come here buddy but this is the little asshole (laughs) <laughs> there he is. Okay, I can attest that the guy does actually exist. Yes, and the cat is a gigantic asshole. I love him, <laughs> but he's a giant asshole. Dude, so you're... Wait, so I'm getting your name right. It's Chris Jones, right? Yeah. Sweet. All right, cool. So that's just a quick heads up, because I was like, is it Jones or is it Johns? I'm just being weird about this. I'll ask him. Um, but yeah, so you and I kind of disconnected because you reached out to me, and I actually really liked your stuff. I actually checked you out a little bit. I thought you were a cool dude. Oh, I appreciate it. But like, give us a little bit more of a heads up of who you are, how you got into this whole online game and what you're doing today. So, man, that's a good question. It could go in like a zillion different directions, but, uh, is about two years ago, I got into e-commerce. I think, uh, do you know who Pat Flynn is? Yeah. Uh, street smart blog guy. Yeah. The smart passive income guy. Well, I don't know how I ended up listening to his podcast. It is a good podcast, though. Um, and he had this guest on, that, and everyone who's listening to this is going to be rolling their eyes, but he had this guest on that talked about how to set up a fulfillment by Amazon business. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with this business model, Yep. Um, where you sell physical products, but you do it through Amazon, and they do all the fulfillment. So it's like you can be relaxing on an island somewhere a million miles away, and all of your products are shipped out and sold by Amazon, and you just collect the checks. And... Uh, Something about that, like, just really, like, cracked my head open, and I thought, man, I want to do that. And I, I wasn't so sure that I was into doing the fulfillment by Amazon, but I knew that I, like, like, I instantly knew that I wanted to sell physical products. And so I sat myself down, I did some brainstorming, and I went through a protocol that I'm actually in the process of describing on my blog because I'm doing it all over again, but in a way that people can watch. Um, but I went through this protocol and I basically decided um, what could I create that other people would buy or that would would somehow serve um, you know other people. And I basically started an athletic clothing brand. It's men only. Um, that's the only thing that I know. And 
I started selling pants and and then athletic tops and and now we're 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 producing a prototype of a shoe and uh, I'll just skip ahead at this point. Um, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, <laughs> and uh, which I think that goes for most people when they yeah. when they start a business. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, um, but I knew that if you had a brand, a successful brand nowadays. Uh, is that you got to you got to be on all the different social media, right? So I said yeah. I, I grabbed my name on all the different social media accounts, including Instagram, and I just started posting a couple of pictures. Um, and at this point, my goal was just to look like a big brand because uh, you can't reach out to suppliers and manufacturers and and other people you want to rep your stuff unless you look like a serious brand. So at this point, I was just playing the part. Okay, I okay. just d- did what I thought everyone was supposed to do to look like a big brand, and. Uh, one thing led to another. I ended up developing a, a strategy on Instagram um, that allowed me to grow very quickly. Um, so I hit like 10,000 followers in, in uh, the first year, uh, which isn't like astronomical growth, uh, but it was enough to start generating serious sales for my Instagram, like pretty much around the clock every day. And uh, apparently that's something that that most people had never done before. And so I was in the shop. Shopify is like the biggest e-commerce platform. So I was in their forums one day, just like shooting the breeze with people. And I shared my entire strategy with this one guy who was really struggling with, uh, with generating sales from his, like, uh, his little store. And, uh, instantly I got like, of course I got a a zillion replies on that thread, but I also like people started looking me up and finding my email address. I didn't even have a blog back then. Okay. But they started looking me up and, one thing I've learned is that anytime you generate what I call a disproportionate response from people, you should really like perk up and ask yourself, you know, what could you do? You know, you're doing something right. What could you do with it? And to me, I posted this like offhand comment on a forum and I was getting people like Googling me and looking at my email address to contact me personally. I thought that's a disproportionate response, right? Mm-hmm. And so I decided, you know what, this is, I have, I have no real reason. I, I have no way to profit from this except, you know, except, you know, I, I feel good about helping people. Um, so I'm going to put this on a website, uh, just so that everyone can access it. And so I bought the domain name profit from Instagram.com. Um, I, I no longer use that cause I, I finally got the big cease and desist from, uh, from the boys at Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'm sure you would have gotten like, <laughs> thing from them. It was just the first thing that came to mind when I was uh, when I was buying a domain name. Um, so now I moved over to uh, to Unoboy.com, but I still have that guide, and I've and I've followed up with several other guides. I don't write really often, um, but that's just because I try to not, I try not to write stuff that's already out there that other people have already covered. Uh, and so that's what I'm that's what I'm doing now. So now I do some consulting on the side, although it's very limited. And of course, I still run Beck Sport, and that's the athletic brand. And uh, and I'm actually in the process of starting a brand new business, and I'm letting everybody in on the secret and watching them or letting them watch while I build it. Um, so that's kind of what I'm up to now. That's pretty awesome. So how did you come up with the name Uno Boy? Because that's just like completely left wing, like not left wing. Sorry, just like left field, just out of nowhere. Okay, so it met a couple of criteria that I have for building a brand name. And number one is that it shouldn't be very long. Um, it's six letters, okay? Um, it should be really easy to pronounce, so no one should ever look at it and think, uh, well, you understand this because uh, like all of your guests in the past year, I assumed that your name was Adil. And yeah. 
I have to admit, I'm I'm a little disappointed that it's not a deal. Um, yeah. Because you know so many jokes, but oh, tons, dude! I'm a comedian, so yeah, we we literally. <laughs> hey, but but Adel is like uh, is like you know Adel minded or or something like that, right? Oh, see, I usually make this other joke where I usually tell like marketing people. I'm like, dude, my name's Adel. It's like Advil minus the V because I take all the marketing <laughs> headaches, and they're like, oh shit, you should use that. I was like, I do. Don't tell Advil; they'll actually get really pissed at me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's funny. Um, what, what was I saying before? But yeah, it was just about like how you came up with the name. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. So this is this is embarrassing. But uh, when I was like in the fifth grade, I was in math counts. Do you know what math counts is? I don't know if they have that no, over. Have uh, okay. So math counts is like math Olympics. It's okay. like a bunch of dorks get together on a team and they do math problems, but but you have to do them faster than the other teams of the competition. You know that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That I'm familiar with. And about that time. I was, or, or while I was in math counts, of course, the most beautiful girl that's ever walked this planet um, was was also on the math counts team. Okay, okay. I still know her. Still know her, by the way. Um, but my favorite. So, so we're not naming her. So we're not naming her at all, then. Uh I don't know if I'm comfortable naming her. Oh, you don't have to. I'm just teasing. It was more or less just because, like, that way we can just be like, "Hey, you should totally go hit him up." <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So at the time, like every fifth grader, you know, or at least every fifth grader on the math counts team, you know, you have that one T-shirt that you wear every single day because it's your favorite. And mm-hmm. every morning you have a fight with your mother, like, like uh, you're wearing that shirt again. I don't think it's been washed yet, but you still wear it because it's your favorite. Okay, so I was one of those kids, and it was a it was a band that I was really into. Um, their name was Vroom. Um, you've probably never heard of them. I don't think anybody's ever heard of them, but their name is Vroom. And they had this T-shirt design that was like a wild card Uno. So you know the game, the card game Uno, right? Right. So the card game Uno has this wild card in it. It's got all these different colors. And they had that design printed on a T-shirt with their band name on it. I have no idea how they came up with the inspiration for that, okay? But it was my favorite T-shirt that I owned, and so I wore it every single day. And I always wear it to math counts. And this, and this girl, most beautiful girl that's ever walked the planet, called me Uno Boy instead of my actual name, Chris Jones, um, which I think is much more interesting. I think Chris Jones is like, is like if you could express saltine crackers as a human <laughs> name, that's, that's the name Chris Jones. And so I had to, I had to choose something different. And uh, it was this uh, cute name that uh, I was called back in the fifth grade. And so that's, and it's only six letters. It's really short, easy to pronounce. And so that's why I went with it. <laughs> That is actually hilarious. I'm still giggling over the fact that, like, if you had to picture Saltine Crackers as a human name, it's basically Chris Jones. <laughs> that, that right there just slayed me, dude. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's pretty awesome. So that's pretty cool. Um, So kind of, like, jumping off of that. So you, like, up-leveled your Instagram to, like, 10,000 people over a year. Like, without giving too much away, like, what would you say would be, like, the key aspects? Because there's something else to do want to ask about branding because you kind of brought it up and I have to ask. But let's okay. start with this question, more importantly. So you scaled up, like, to 10,000 over a year. What would you say was the consistent thing that you had to do? So this is not always a popular answer. But, I, by the way, I don't – I won't keep uh, any secrets. I'm happy to basically share everything that I do in public. I'm not, I'm not a real secret guy. Sweet. But – uh, the one consistent thing that I did is that I used Instagram automation. 
Okay. So there's uh, and I don't. By the way, I don't have like any affiliate deal with this uh, with this brand, so I'm just going to plug them. Um, there's a software called Instagress, so you could find them at Instagress.com. And uh, there's other there's other companies that do stuff like this, um, but essentially it will run your Instagram for you uh, automatically, and you don't really have to bother with it. Um, and the way that I the way that I got connected with them is that. When I had this Instagram, I posted some pictures. Um, of course, do you have an Instagram account? Yep, two. Okay, so actually. when you, oh, okay, so when you started it, you posted a picture and you were like, you know, tapping on the microphone. Is this thing on? Because yeah. nobody liked any of your pictures, right? Right. And unless you went out and followed people, or commented on their stuff so they knew you existed, or just liked their pictures, okay. And so I knew that I had to start engaging with other people if I wanted them to notice me on Instagram. And so that's what I did. Like when I, at the time I had a day job, I got off around 5 PM and I went home and, uh, I would like sit on the couch and, uh, while the TV was, you know, the mindless TV and, and I would scroll through my favorite hashtag or a hashtag that related to my brand on Instagram. And I would like every picture. And then because our flagship product at the time was like a, like a great pair of athletic pants. If I got to a picture that the dude was wearing, ugly pants i would say hey man don't you think it's time for some new gym pants right with right. like a winky face or you know just as a joke okay and what i found was that it actually worked incredibly well so people would like my photos back they would answer all of my comments and if i followed them oftentimes they would they would follow me back or sometimes even if i didn't follow them they'd follow me back just because they liked what i was doing and the thing that i discovered is that that's an extremely mindless task and i only did it for like two or three nights in a row um, and I was getting good results, but I thought, how can I replicate this or automate this and create a system around what I'm, what I just did? And so I looked up. I knew that there, that these uh, programs existed out there where you could automate uh, your activity. And I found Instagress. It allows you to target certain hashtags. It allows you to target like your competitors' followers, um, and it allows you to leave like a very, very human comment that then they can answer back, and then you guys can start a conversation. And so a lot of times Instagram automation will have kind of a bad rap. People will say, oh, you know, you can't replace like real human interaction with your customers. Um, and I agree, you can't. Um, but this is kind of like, you know, 20 years ago when like automated email marketing came on the scene and everyone was like, oh, that's so evil. How could you, you know. Right. Yeah. Everybody openly use it. And so I think it's I think it's similar. I think that you should be replicating human behavior. I don't you should treat it like a magical robot. Um, but as long as you're as long as you're replicating something that you could be doing yourself manually, um, I think that you have pretty good success with it. And by the way, I wrote an article that shares all of my exact tactics, so you don't have to get into that here. Oh, sweet. Yeah, go ahead. Just like you know, um, send me the link afterwards. We'll put it in the comment section. Uh, okay, as cool. Well so people can go ahead and check that stuff out. Oh, right. So the thing about branding, because you mentioned it, it was like short and memorable is kind of one of the big ones that you actually mentioned. But like, what other rules do you have for branding? So I don't know if anybody wants to follow my rules for branding because I'm by no means an expert. I like, uh, like I don't <laughs> anything that I've learned is by trial and error or books that I've read. But so number one is you should never have to guess at how to pronounce a name, whether it's a product name, a brand name. It's your website name, whatever. If you look at it and you don't instantly know how to pronounce it, then it's a loser. Okay, um, and mainly because how can your friends ever tell 
people about you if they're always embarrassed to try to pronounce your name, you know? Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm basically fucked here <laughs> as far as it goes. You've got a first name and sounding that barely only can pronounce. God damn it. It's all good there. <laughs> yeah, well, the truth is people people probably love you so much that they tell their friends about you anyway, but I guarantee that they feel embarrassed when they try to pronounce your name. <laughs> like Adil, Adil, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's rule number one. Rule number two is I think that it shouldn't be too many letters, but maybe that's just like a corollary of rule number one, um, is that the fewer letters there are is typically easier to pronounce. Um, and then I have one other rule that it's kind of hard to explain. It's more one of those things that you just recognize it when, or you, you know it when you see it. But I have this rule that if I'm coming up with a brand name or a product name or a, a domain name or something like that, I want it to be an unusual word that they've never heard in that context before. And man, I know that there's like a, like a cognitive scientific, you know, cognitive behavior scientific term for this. And I just, I just don't remember what it is, but, uh, Seth Godin actually writes. So I don't know if you uh, read any of his stuff. Um, What's he fan? um, I'm a fan, but I have to admit, I've, I'm embarrassed to admit I've never read one of his books. I just occasionally I'll run across one of his blog articles and I just love all of them. Um, he has a, if you Google Seth Godin naming, uh, he has an article that basically describes this concept, but you should use a word that is um, is unusual in the context that you're using it in, uh, because it'll stick out in people's minds more. Uh, so, you know, if you if you, I don't know, you know, when you when you have to think of examples on on the spot, it never works out. But yeah, uh, let's say you had a maid service, okay, um, and you called it like super cleaning maid service. No one's ever going to remember the name. Uh, because it's exactly the words that you would expect people to describe their maid service business with, right? Right. But if you named it like rocket ship maid service, well, everyone will remember it because what the heck does rocket ship have to do with maid service, right? Right. With with what I do, um, you know, I made sure. I know it's it's not necessarily great for SEO. Uh, but with Uno Boy, I chose that name in part because it wasn't like growyourecommercebrand.com, you know, which is just highly generic. Yeah, and also fuck SEO. No one cares about SEO. <laughs> well, I I know nothing about SEO. I'm I'm told that 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 you have to you have to understand it. But I've, when it comes to my e-commerce stores, I don't do SEO. When it comes to my blog, I don't do SEO. Um, I'm just I'm just lousy at it. Oh, dude, I used to be an SEO dude for a really long time, and then, like, Google started fucking around with all of its updates, and I was like, you know what, I can't be bothered with this, screw all of you, I'm just gonna go do something else. Page yeah. traffic is just so much easier to play with. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, I want this thing, here's my audience, that's how much it's gonna <laughs> cost me, cool. Yeah, I, so, I, my day job used to have, have, um, I used, well, I don't want to get like deep into the weeds, but my day job, I used to, I used to be a, a phone salesman person for uh, a real estate technology brand. And uh, the, the realtors, or the real estate agents that I would talk to, they always were like, well, what should I, you know, should I be doing uh, SEO for my website? And I would always, I would always tell them, well, you know, you could, I, I've heard that it's, that it's great if you can, if you can make it work, but you're always chasing the next Google algorithm or the next update. And 
ultimately, if you're using tricks to like screw with the algorithm, then you're basically Google's enemy. And, you know, you might be able to play them for a little while, but over time, they're always going to come back and, and, and get you. So if you're using tricks to, to like fool Google's algorithm into thinking you're more relevant than you are, then they'll probably always get you. So it just seems like sort of a losing battle. It really does. You're basically running against the clock here. I'm just like, dude, just fucking buy traffic. Yeah. So much easier. Which is what they want you to do anyway. So if you buy traffic, then you're Google's friend. So it's like, would you rather be Google's enemy or Google's friend? Pretty much. It's like, we're going to play you, Google, because we can't. I mean, I get that you don't want to actually buy traffic, because sometimes it's expensive. That's fine. Go to another ad source like YouTube. Which is also really cheap, by the way. Like, YouTube ads are, like, stupid cheap, but really hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. Or grow an Instagram account. That, too. And uh, Just you don't even... I did... I, I have never bought a single Instagram ad for any of the sales that I generate. Actually, before I came on the show, I just had an order for my website for 180 bucks. Sweet. All right, uh, so it's not that sweet. We have to refund it because uh, we're out of stock in that size. So it's huh. not that sweet. But that, that just is the, the one validation of, hey, you got you got the sale is nice. Yeah, that, that's always a good thing. But God damn it, at least you're honest about the fact we don't have this in stock, so we're just going to give you the money back versus other companies have worked with the like, no, no, we'll, we'll, um, we'll mail it out to you in three more weeks. Well, I, so I've, I've done that in the past. I'll, I'll admit I'll cop to it. Okay. So when I first started the brand and I didn't know what the hell I was doing, uh, like everybody else, um, the first shipment of our product came in very, very late and we had already taken a bunch of pre-orders and I, I didn't realize that every supplier is always late. So I didn't realize that you shouldn't take pre-orders until it's in the mail. And uh, so we had a bunch of pre-orders and these people are like waiting for it to be delivered and i just had to send out a big mass email and say hey um it's late you know it's not here yet uh and uh i don't know exactly when it's here this is what we expect if you want a refund you can have a refund now if you just want to wait and of course i tried to write it in the most persuasive way possible so that nobody would really want a refund and uh so one or two people, I think, asked for a refund. Most everyone else was happy to wait. And then I found this, like, uh, I found a supplier here locally where I could spend, like, $50 and get, like, a really dope headband made for everyone who was waiting patiently. And so for, like, plus postage, like, like $70 total I, was, total, I was able to ship out, like, this really simple headband and, like, a thank you note for everyone being patient. Oh, and cool. so I have done the douchey thing where you're where I'm like, oh, it'll be here soon, I hope. Um, but one lesson I learned is that you send out even just like a, like a meaningless trinket, uh, like a, like an actual token of your appreciation and it'll go a long way with people. Oh, definitely. Massively. But I actually meant more towards the other douchebags, the ones that are like, Hey, um, we'll try and get it back in stock and whatever it is. And then they'll just keep your money for a really long time. And then the thing just arising, like, when did I order this? Which happens uh-huh. to me. But, like, you yeah, know, every sure. company's different. I mean, we've had it with, like, big retailers. We've had it with small re- retailers. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. But, shouldn't put you off. But what you've done is actually just something that's quite interesting. So I had the same conversation with a client today about how they can get a um, higher retention rate for a membership site. Uh, for, you know, monthly recurring fees and stuff. And I was yeah. like, well, what you do is every month at the end of the month, I mean, you send them literally... 40 minutes worth of content a month anyway online then they get a webinar they get all this crazy good stuff from you 
here's what I want you to do. At the end of every uh, quarter, not every month, at the end of every quarter, I want you to print out all the newsletters, like transcribe all the videos you send out and mail it as uh, a three. So it's like literally 12 weeks worth of stuff. Just mail it as 12 separate newsletters, print to their door free of charge. Also oh, actually like, physical. Yeah, so it's a physical newsletter. And they were like, oh, that won't work. I'm not really sure. We tried this about three months ago, like six months ago. Sorry, just when, you know, we've uh -huh. tried this in a different business. With this one, uh -huh. it's we're going to trial it out. But in the other business, we did it. Um, our attention dropped from, we were losing about 30% customers every month. Mm -hmm. And then obviously we'd replenish, like, you know, we'd, get, we'd even out our numbers quite quickly. But the problem was that 30% drop in it used to really bug me. Changed it around with this one thing, dropped retention crazy quickly, like to half of that, 15%. Yeah, that's that reciprocation. Like they, once they have something in their hands, they would feel like a douche for not paying you, you know? Exactly. Or just, you know, just having something they could physically feel. I don't know what it is. It's just like a human thing. We just need some sort of connection to something, which is. Uh, yeah, that's true. Which is just pretty frigging awesome to be fair. But that being said, I kind of want to jump away from that and say, so like, what's what's next in your world? So right now, I'm in the middle of. It doesn't have a catchy name. I broke all of my own rules, but I decided after a zillion emails uh, heading in this direction, I decided to do something uh, sort of interesting. Uh, it could be a massive failure, but uh, I'm willing to to. to walk out on the ledge and, and take the risk. So basically the concept is watch me build a lifestyle business from scratch. And I belong to all these different Facebook groups where people talk about building their online stores, um, mostly selling physical products, but some of them sell digital products as well. And uh, some of them are subscriptions. Some of them are just like, you know, like just like basic e-commerce, like, you know, one-to-one -one transactions. Uh, but what I see a lot of is people following all of the wrong methods to discover like what their true calling is. And I, I don't want to get like overly spiritual, but what I mean is like, what is every single person, uh, you, me, everyone listening to this podcast is uniquely suited with their talent stack to do some kind of business. Um, and they might be uniquely suited for, uh, you know, to be an employee for someone else too, but everyone listening is uniquely suited to sell something. Okay. Yeah. And the problem is most people don't really know how to discover what it is. Most people um I don't know. Most people will follow somebody's like fancy course or somebody's like webinar and they basically teach you like a keyword strategy or like they'll give you an Excel spreadsheet calculator that shows you how to figure out what the most profitable niche is. And so like a 42-year-old dude who wants to quit his 5 to 9 9 to 5. I'm dyslexic. It's fine. We, we both are. Yeah, I so, totally got you, man. So this this forty two year old dude that wants to quit his nine to five and work for himself, he's like selling girls clothes, and I always I always scratch my head when I see this guy and he he'll post a link to his store and he's like I got like a hundred clicks to my website last last month but no sales. Tell me what I'm doing wrong, and the comments are all like, oh well, you could boost your conversion if you had. Um, put this badge of approval on your on your checkout page, and that's probably okay advice. But I always just want to say, why the hell are you are you selling girls' clothing in the first place? You're a 42 year old dude who works at a corporate job. Like, what do you even know about girls' clothes? Now, hang on, hang on, hang on. There's probably a 42 year old dude listening to this podcast right now 
who his passion for his entire life has been women's clothing and he's just never pursued it. So for that dude, you get a pass. You can sell women's clothing. But for everyone else who's just like following these these courses, these online courses that tell you how to find the most profitable niche, um, normally it's because you're following like some kind of SEO model. Um, I think that there's a better method that you can follow to discover what you're uniquely suited to sell or the business you're uniquely to, uh, suited to, uh, to start. And so I wanted to just take people through building like a cash flow lifestyle business uh, from scratch. And I don't have like massive aspirations. I want to, within 120 days, I want to be netting about $1,000 in profit per month uh, from a new business selling a physical product. And I want to share every single step of the way. I want to document the whole process, everything that I'm doing from how to, how to choose the right business, the right niche and category, all the way down to uh, you know, how I'm doing the marketing, how I'm automating my Pinterest and, and Instagram. And so there's a couple of posts already up in that series, and I hopefully will be publishing the third one uh, in two to three days from now. Oh, that's pretty awesome, dude. I mean, definitely, like, guys, if you're interested in that, go check it out because I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Um, because, again, the other thing as well that you're doing that's quite interesting is that you're actually giving tangible results. Because... Well, if there are any results, then then, then, I'll, then there'll be tangible results. Um, yeah, but but yeah, I think that there's a good shot, yeah. That's what you're aiming for, is something tangible that people can grasp, because there's far too far too often you see someone go, I'm going to show you how to make a million dollars. Well, guess what? A million dollars is perfect and, perfect and well, but a lot of people don't even know what, a, what the fuck a million dollars even looks like. Yeah. So they'll be like, all right, this is good and well, but... What what does a million dollars even look like? How does it feel? Like ask someone that hasn't made a hundred grand to envision making a hundred grand, and they'll be like, "I can kind of see it. I can see what I can buy, but they don't really know what it feels like." Yeah, it's a huge aspiration. I mean, I remember the first time I made like thirty grand in a single month, uh-huh. um, on one client. By the way, I was like, "Holy crap, this is amazing!" Because I was like, "I've I've closed ten thousand, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand dollar deals all the time. This is." home base happy time i went a little bit further went for 30 got it i remember the day that the money hit my account i will tell everyone right now the first thing i did which is probably the dumbest thing i ever did um i went to the i called at my bank and i told them i'm coming in to like withdraw twenty five thousand pounds <laughs> they were like what i was like i just transferred in twenty seven thousand. i want to take out 25 in cash so I essentially got my friend to give me a briefcase because I wanted to do the whole thing, go in a suit, briefcase. <laughs> the whole, I did the whole thing, by the way. No, you're Went supposed to there. take a ratty backpack to the bank and stuff it all in there. I would have, but then again, I'm brown. So <laughs> backpacks and me don't really get along all that well, especially if they're ratty. You know, just, just kind of, I know we're playing the race card a little bit here, but it's kind of true. <laughs> no, it's definitely true. Um, uh, did you ever I, see the movie Blank Check when you were a kid? No, I didn't. Oh uh, well, shit. Never mind. I'll have to. I'll have to watch that sometime. Uh, <laughs> okay. Sounds like a fun movie, but no. Seriously, I was like, um, so I went in there, got the money, and I literally came out. I shit you not, for like a day straight, I just started counting it. That, that's all I did. I just sat there and counted like twenty-seven thousand pounds worth of money in front of me, and people were like, "Fuck you!" Oh, sorry, twenty-five. I was like, "Why the fuck are you counting like twenty-five? I was like. Because I've never seen twenty five grand in cash in front of my face. Just my wanted to see life. what it looked like. No, I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. So like I laid it out on my coffee table and 
made sure my cat didn't get near it because I didn't want to pee on anything. So it's just like one of those things where I just like sat there and do my own thing. Um, and then in the end, like literally after I finished counting it, I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to take 3,000 pounds and put it in like home cash because John Carlton and everyone else I follow used to be like, make sure you have money in the house. So I put money in the house and took the rest of the money back to the bank. And they're like, what did you need this much money for? I was like, honestly, I've never seen that amount of money in my life. So I just wanted to see if it was real. I just, <laughs> and the, the, like the bank, the guy at the bank, uh, the manager, he was just like, oh, it makes sense. So like, what do you mean? He's like, most people don't do that. But you're, you're cool. Here you go. <laughs> Fair enough. That's cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun though. I mean, like just shit like that happens. But like, I like the fact that you are literally going through just saying, look, if I can get a thousand dollars a month in this and profit, there is literally no excuse for you not to be able to do this because I've shown you how to do it. The only excuse is that you don't want to do it or you're lazy. Yeah. So the other thing is you see a lot of people be successful and then they always want to go back and uh, Monday morning quarterback and explain how they made their millions. Okay. And they actually, so so I like the uh, sports analogy because they, they always remind me of like, uh, you know, the quarterback wins the Super Bowl. Or, or hang on, the captain wins the uh, the Premier Cup, if yeah. I'm speaking your language, okay? Um, and Super Bowl works with me, dude. Okay, so then they'll they'll interview the guy, and he'll say, "Oh yeah, we we uh, we just wanted it more. We really played great together as a team, and that was like, you know, that was the secret to how we how we you know won the won the World Cup or the Premier League or whatever." And uh, I always, of course, we all know that it's just a complete BS answer. Um, they have no idea how that, you know, the, the way that one day, uh, they had a great coach and it all came together in a perfect confluence of events and they won. Okay. Um, but this is what, this is what millionaires always do. They always want to, they always want to explain to the little peons exactly how they made their millions, even though they probably don't even understand it themselves. Okay. And so part of, part of my goal here is to show you while I'm doing it. To demonstrate what works and what doesn't work, if that makes any sense. Yeah, essentially you're taking away the veil, so there is none of this stuff like afterwards. And people go, Chris, how did you make a thousand dollars a day with a new, like a thousand dollars a month with a, with a new blog? You can't, you're not like, oh yes, I just wanted it more. It's like, no, here you go. <laughs> here, here, literally, here is the blueprint. Exactly. Read it. Uh-huh. Which is kind of awesome. So that kind of brings me to my next question, which is one of my favorite ones to ask on this, um, and that is essentially. Well, it's it, there's two questions, but we'll go with the first one. What was it that actually, um, like, have you ever been in that situation where you were so down, not down and out, but like you're really down? Um, how did you go ahead from that to actually go ahead and get yourself from feeling shitty to getting more confident? Like, was there a time that you didn't feel confident and then all of a sudden you did feel confident? Well, I can tell you a time when I didn't feel confident, but it doesn't have the happy ending that you're looking for. It doesn't have the like the like the converse where then I felt super confident. Okay, no, that's cool. So about six months into this this new uh, to this like adventure on uh, you know selling clothing, being a clothing designer, uh, and having an e-commerce business, um, and I was starting to do really well. I was getting close to the point where I could quit my day job. Um, I was making enough money, um, but at the same time, I I wasn't making enough money that I could like really sock some money away and start reinvesting in the business and start doing bigger and and better things. And so I got this bright idea that this 
you know, this, this method that I, had, that I had formulated and how to grow an Instagram very quickly and then also generate sales from it. Because a lot of people can grow an Instagram, they have a million followers and they don't know how to make a single dollar from it, okay? But I was actually getting consistent sales. So I thought, you know, I've got this magic formula. I should package it as one of these like info products that I see other people selling and, uh, you know, I'll get rich off of that and I'll have money to reinvest back into my, my, uh, my brand and you know it'll be you know we'll live happily ever after okay and so uh i put together like like a landing page i again didn't know what the hell i was doing okay um i got one of those like generic sounding names i wasn't following my own rules um and i got a bunch of testimonials of from people who i had helped like for free and i put this page up and I had the I had the, the course like sort of all put together and I just knew that I was gonna be able to turn on some paid Facebook ads and you know my my customer acquisition would be really low. I, I would spend maybe like, you know, like fifteen dollars per per sale and I was gonna sell this product for like a hundred dollars. And so I would just turn it on and and you know, within a month I'd I'd be sitting on ten grand grand that I could reinvest back into my business, right? Right. And so <laughs> I did this and I'm ready to launch like my fingers hovering over the button and I press go on the Facebook ad and I waited like I think I ended up waiting like 72 hours spending I think I spent through which was a lot of money to me at the time I spent like 300 bucks total and I didn't have a single sale in fact I didn't even have like a single person like email me and say hey I was thinking about getting your course um and nobody commented on the ad either so it's not like like there was just zero interest in what i was in what i was pushing and i was pretty down like like i just felt like well now i know that i can never teach anybody anything uh because like i didn't even get like a single nibble on what i thought was a really great offer um and that was like six months before i decided to publish that article and this was actually a really cool listen, uh, lesson for me. So have you ever heard of Scott Adams? Do you know who Scott Adams is? Uh, yeah. Is it the guy that says, hi, my name is Scott? Um, it's the guy that created the Dilbert comic strip. That's the one. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, there might be another Scott Adams that introduces himself by saying, hi, my name is Scott. Yeah. But anyway, Scott Adams, he has this book. It's called How to Fail at Everything and Still Win Big or or – it's something like that. It's that's close, okay? And he teaches this concept of systems versus goals. So a system would be when you do stuff just because you know that like you're building either an audience or reciprocity or you're not doing things with a specific aim in mind, you're just doing things that you know are associated with personal growth. And if you just repeat your systems over and over and over again, eventually you'll find a way to profit from it okay and a goal which he says are for losers a goal would be like oh i'm going to make ten thousand dollars from this course that i'm going to sell and the problem is you can spend all month you know day and night and i was through the night to get this website ready so i could launch this product and at the end it could completely fail and you're out all that time i had nothing like i didn't have anything to show for the work that i had put in i didn't learn any smart lessons it was just like an utter failure I learned nothing from it, and it was basically just a big shot to my uh, to my ego. Uh, but six months later, when I decided to just publish this, I didn't know where it was going to go. I just thought, well, I know I can help people if I publish this uh, 
this guide because I got this disproportionate response that I always look for. And so I published it online. Remember, it was profitfromInstagram.com back in the day. And uh, it ended up getting shared by Shopify. It got over like 10,000 page views in a single day. And, uh, you know, that's what that's what led me to having like a semi-successful blog. So systems over goals, I guess, is one thing you could learn from that uh, from that uh, sequence of events. But the big failure um, was just a goal and it didn't go anywhere. Damn. But see, that's actually a really, really good lesson to be learned. So, you know, there's one way of getting confidence out of that. Well, I've I've actually become a huge believer in systems over goals. So anything that I that I embark on now, I like to be able to say, even if this is an abject failure, like all the way to the bottom, um, I would like to have something to show for it at the end. So I want to I want to organize my projects in such a way that even if they're a failure, that it still ends up pushing me forward. So, just for example, this this watch me build a lifestyle business from scratch, potentially, it could be a massive failure where I don't produce the results that I'm predicting I will. And it's an embarrassment and, um, you know, all these things. But the reason why I wanted to do it is it's going to force me to, to share because I'm terrible about writing blog posts. I've, I published like seven or eight blog posts in two years, okay? Um, and partially that's because I only like to share stuff that's not already out there. So it's not like I have a ton of topics to talk about. But partly it's just because I'm so busy doing other things. So I have all these ideas that I want to put into articles but I never get around to it. And so this watch me build a lifestyle business from scratch, it puts the 120 day like countdown on me and it's going to force me to put into words some of the strategies that I use for my e-commerce business. And so even if at the end of it, I'm embarrassed and everyone watches me uh, fail and I don't make a thousand dollars a month within 20 days with, uh, within 120 days, at least I will have published, you know, like eight or nine great blog posts that I can be proud of. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. That's pretty awesome. All right, so that leads me to my next question, which is kind of my favorite thing to ask. If you had to give, if you had to give someone that's in a struggling position right now, three pieces of advice on well, if they're struggling or hit a plateau and they don't know how to get out of it, what three pieces of advice would you give them in order to help them move along? Hmm, three pieces of advice. So. My first piece of advice is it okay if I give really weird advice? Yeah, do you always do, do you allow yeah. weird advice on the on oh, the podcast? Dude, weird advice is always welcome. <laughs> okay, so my first, pe- uh, my worst, uh, my worst. I can't talk. Um, I didn't drink <laughs> before I came on here. Just so you know, it's only noon here in in, uh, in the East Coast, of the United States. He's my- actually <laughs> drunk right now. He's a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> my my first piece of advice would be to take whatever your goal is and to start practicing affirmations. Um, and I know this is weird. I'm not like a, I'm not like a magical, uh, you know, like Oprah fan, like, like just, just talk about your goals and they'll magically come true. I don't believe in that, but I actually recently wrote a big guide about the science behind affirmations. Um, and I think that there is some interesting science behind it, but what that would look like is you take your goal and, you stated as an affirmation. So let's say your goal was that you want to get a thousand subscribers to your email list so you can start selling them stuff. Um, your goal would be like, I, John Doe, will get a thousand subscribers to my email list, right? And write it down 15 times a day on a piece of paper. And uh, you don't you don't have to keep the paper. Um, I do because um, I practice affirmations for myself. Um, but... Uh, just do it one time, write it down 15 times, 
And it's amazing, but I can almost guarantee that after a few weeks, you're going to start to notice some, and you could call it confirmation bias, or there's a, there's a lot of different scientific explanations for why this happens, but it's almost as if the universe just starts coughing up cool opportunities that were both improbable and unexpected. Okay. And so if you're stuck, if you're on a, if you're in a plateau, my first piece of advice would be to take whatever your goal is and write it down, um, 15 times a day. Um, all I do it like in one sitting. I don't think you should spread it out. And there, and the, 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 the basic science behind it is this, uh, this, uh, phrase called, or this, uh, term known as reticular activation, which is basically what your brain focuses on. So this is like, uh, you know, when you buy a car, suddenly it seems like everybody else on the road is driving the same car. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Um, that's reticular activation. It's because that car is important to you. It feels like you only, you, you know, you only notice that car on the road and you don't notice all the other, uh, masses of cars that are, that are driving down the road. Um, and so what this is doing is basically fooling your brain into just focusing on your one goal rather than frittering, frittering away all of your focus on like scrolling Facebook feed or whatever else we, we waste time on during the day. Does that make sense? Yep. So number one, I would start practicing affirmations on whatever your number one goal is. Don't try to do like 17 goals, just whatever your number one goal is, start practicing affirmations. They can be powerful. And I wrote about more of the science if you're interested in that sort of thing. Yep. Next piece of advice. What's that? No, it's just saying that's awesome. Okay. Number two would be... I don't know who are we talking about. Like, are we talking to like brand new entrepreneurs? Are we talking to like people who are seasoned veterans who just want to like break out of a rut or both? So like you can cater it. So the first one could be one way, the second one could be another way. Okay, that could be both. The second one is for people who are starting out, which I seem to talk to a lot of people who are just getting started. If you're just starting out and you know you want to work for yourself, um, I would recommend that before you choose a business, before you come up with a business, if you've already come up with a business idea that you're sure is going to work, forget it. Okay. I think that everyone should start by figuring out what their goals are. All right. So a lot of times people, you know, they hear some interview with some sexy entrepreneur and he's like living the life and they're like, Oh, I want to do that. So I'm going to get into the same business. And I think that people should start by doing something that Tim Ferriss calls dreamlining where you just actually write down on a piece of paper what your ideal life is and it's different for everyone like so some people's ideal life would be to like drive a VW van across the United States and visit all of the state parks in one year okay and you might be surprised to learn that doesn't cost very much money okay so you could start a lifestyle business that literally only earns you you know two to three thousand dollars a month and you could live your ideal life and it wouldn't take you very long to get there, right? Um, other people, their ideal life is that they want to, you know, like myself, want to buy a studio apartment in Manhattan, okay? And so I think that everyone should do a little bit of dreamlining, describe what their ideal life is, and then put a dollar value on it. So just like crunch the numbers and figure out exactly what it's going to cost, and then reverse engineer a plan to get there. So um, have you ever heard of like smart goals? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I don't really do the multi-time in sales. Okay, so I don't really, I don't really subscribe to the smart goals, but I've heard other people talk about it, and it's similar to like what I do, and I just call it reverse engineering. So I have some calculators that I use, and if anybody wants to contact me and ask for them, I'll freely share them. But I'll take whatever the goal is. So if if I want to earn, you know, like ten thousand dollars a month from a new business, 
then I have a calculator where I can plug that number in and some things like my you know average profit per order and my conversion rate and some other things and it'll tell me how much traffic I need and I even have it so that it'll break down how many Instagram followers do you need to to get there so you 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 can use math to figure out how many Instagram followers you need to quit your day job so if you're if you're brand new starting out my second piece of advice would be to back up forget about whatever business idea you're sure is gonna work and just start by asking yourself what is it that you want in the first place you know that meme where uh, do you ever watch the notebook no Ah man, we'll that's, see. I want, one of the only guys that's never seen the Notebook, by the way. Just saying, or well, Dirty Dancing. <laughs> well, your cat would love it. You and Chase need to sit down and watch the Notebook. <laughs> Probably would. It's a great book. Well, anyway, there's a there's a famous scene that all of your all of your listeners know where where uh, Ryan Gosling is asking the the chick. I don't I don't remember who it was. He's asking the chick, "What do you want? What do you want?" And then like all women, she's like, "It's not that simple." Okay, so you got to ask yourself, like, what is it that you want in the first place? Um, Because there's no point in trying to start a business to get there if you don't even know what it is. Yeah. And then the third and final piece of advice. I don't know that I'm so full of of good advice. Um, It could be life advice because seriously, you gave me a really good tip with with, um, the iced latte, but without anything else. Ah, okay, so my third piece of advice is stop stressing out so much. Go to Starbucks. I struggled for years and years and years to try to figure out what I should drink at Starbucks because I'll go there with like my friends or like uh, girls I hang out with. And of course, you know, they got to go to Starbucks, right? And I never had a drink. I was like, I just prefer to have a Diet Coke and they don't sell Diet Coke at Starbucks. But finally, I discovered a drink that I think is just incredible. So you want to relieve some Go to Starbucks. Out your eyes. This is not a sweet sugar drink because I don't I don't like drinking sugar or any kind of calories really. But a latte macchiato, and I get it breve style, which means it's made with half and half milk rather than just regular whole milk. Um, so it's like super creamy. But it's just it's just half and half with ice, and then two or three shots of espresso, whichever your preference is, two or three shots of espresso poured on top. Now, here's the secret. They're going to hand you a straw and expect you to drink it from the bottom to the top. So you're drinking the milk first. Pop the lid off and drink it like a man and sip the the bitter espresso off the top. It's delicious. Um, even if you're a coffee snob, Starbucks makes good espresso. And sip the espresso off the top and then chase it with the half and half milk. It's delicious. That's pretty awesome. And also, just an FYI, um, we also like the women are men, the children are men. Everyone is a man in this scenario. <laughs> just an FYI. Oh yeah, it wasn't being sexist. I was just saying, don't drink it from the milk first because you're going to end up with just like that nutty, bitter espresso taste in your mouth, and you really want to wash it down with the ice cold milk. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty sweet, dude. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> All right, so guys, go check out unoboy.com. And as always, this is uh, we're signing off. So I'm Adel Marcy and. Chris has been here, also known as Uno Boy from now on, for the rest of his life. <laughs> it was but, awesome uh, to finally talk, man. I really enjoyed it. Likewise, dude. You shared some amazing advice. Guys, go check out his blog. Um, please send me the link to the blog post that you had up. Yeah, will do. I'll, yeah, I'll so I can basically to. put that so I can put that into the description as well. Um, guys, just hit him up. He's a really cool dude. Really good guy to follow as well. Um, thanks for being here, dude. Really appreciate it. I appreciate it too. Take care. See you guys later on the next episode. Bye.